with Frank Mymars in the pitch. Swung on and hit the right field. Let's play back there. Play back there. Oh, God! Scheffler gets away towards the dugout. Here comes Bianco! Tigers win! Tigers win! All right, welcome back to another edition of Tigers Win. We have had a lot of accomplished guests on the show recently. Number one tennis player in the world, world record holder in swimming. I think this is the most accomplished guest we've had so far. Mondo Duplantis, uh, former LSU Tiger, but six-time world record holder now. In the pole vault, is that right? Have I lost count at this point? I think that's right. Six-time world record holder. Yeah, it uh, sounds right. sounds right. Good good to have Mondo back. Uh, appreciate your time today. Thanks for doing this. I know great you're, to, you're yeah, a busy great man. Great to be here. Yeah. Oh, nice G- to be here. Speaking of uh, being a busy man, what, what is this time of year like for you? Obviously, you're in Louisiana. You're in town. Mm. I'm sure for you it's a 24-7, 365 training schedule. But what is where are you at kind of in your annual calendar right now in terms of Training, building up. I know the summer's big in Europe. Mm. Um, World Championships this summer as well, and then Olympics next year. So kind of where are you in your your calendar right now? Yeah, right now in the the springs I always spend here back in Louisiana, and uh, it's the prep for the summer season basically. Yeah. And so right now the schedule pretty much goes as um, in the winters I'm in Europe competing. I come back in the spring here to Louisiana, and then this entire summer, that's like when I really get after it. That's like the real season, the outdoor season. So um that's the most important, I would say. And then in the fall, I come back also. So, um, yeah, this is like, I guess, downtime, you can say. It's not yeah. quite as busy as far as the traveling, but it's just basically training prep for the outdoor season. So I guess, since you're here, we're at LSU, and this is an LSU podcast, I kind of wanted to start by talking about your time here. Yep. And I think when you were here, I was kind of I was going down memory lane and like reading stuff that I'd written and like looking at some of your old interviews and stuff. And I think you probably got asked this question a million times while you were here, like, why'd you come to LSU? Why didn't you go pro? You know, what, what has this experience meant to you so far? But I wonder how much you've talked about it since you've left or at least publicly. Mm. So like looking back on it, was it four years now, 2019? Is it, has it been that God, COVID blew everything off with so weird. timing? So weird. Four years so now. Fast. Yeah. When you look back at your time at LSU, like what do, what do you take away from it? And not just personally. And I know there was a lot of personal, like your brother being mm. here and all that stuff, but like, how did your time here set you up? for success once you left? Yeah, I mean, I think at the time when, when I first started at LSU, I didn't, I didn't realize how important it was gonna be really. For me, it was one of these things to where I was a little bit indifferent in, in coming here to LSU as, as far as like, I, I, I wanted to go to LSU, I wanted to be a Tiger my whole life, but then when it got to a point to where my junior, senior high school, I was, I was jumping so high that I was capable to be a professional in track and field, and I was jumping the heights that are you know, that would, that would allow me to do that. But um, I think basically for my parents, they just thought that I wasn't at that level of maybe maturity. Also, I, I think I just needed to, to grow up a little bit, live on my own, you know, take responsibility in a, in a different kind of way because mm-hmm. that's it's a bit of a grind when you start doing the, the whole circuit around Europe and you're just traveling a lot by yourself, especially since, you know, I wouldn't be able to have my father or mother with me all the time, so I wouldn't be able to have my, my hand held like I yeah. – basically the whole time it was in high school. And so um, for me, when I first got to LSU, I think it was more just like, I, I had no idea what was gonna happen really. I didn't even know, not necessarily why, why I was there. I was just kind of there to just kind of enjoy the ride and just see see what happens. And then I think as it started to progress and go on, I think it, it really 
opened my mind up a lot yeah. as far as being a track athlete because it's a it's a very lonely sport. It's a very lonely sport, and it's it's basically it is just yourself. It's very it's just it's just me out there. Mm-hmm. And then when I was able to come to LSU, you're training you know more with the group. It's more of a a team environment, mm-hmm. even though it's still kind of an individual sport in in its own way. It's there was more of this this team environment that I've never experienced in my life at all, as far as you know throughout the middle school and high school days that yeah. was, that wasn't really wasn't really how it was so um yeah it, it was it was completely different from what i even expected in in a good way yeah. yeah what do you think so looking back on it like what did you take from it that you still use today so I, i've been thinking a lot about this kind of philosophically um like the college experience and what you get out of college right whether it's like I was talking about this with my wife the other day. I don't remember a single thing I learned in college. I don't remember like a single like thing from a textbook. No. I, don't, I don't remember. I'm sure. <laughs> Probably not me either. No, no comment on that one. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember like, I don't remember a lot about college, but I think what college did for me was like teach me how to learn, teach me how to be a lifelong learner, teach me how to be curious. Like it taught me more like these broad skills that I sort of absorbed rather than like specific knowledge, right? Mm. And so I'm wondering as an athlete, what did college do for you? Did it help you? become more disciplined or, or you mentioned maturity, like how did the college experience um, sort of set you up and what, what sort of things did you take away from it that you're still using today that are helping you break records? Yeah. I mean, quite a bit of things, honestly. I feel like college, socially, it was pretty big, especially since high school for me was a little bit strange because I didn't really do the same things as everybody else because I was on I was very much on a very – different schedule than everybody yeah because i would uh, i would jump a lot after schools and that took a very long time i wouldn't really do that much on the weekends because i would also probably be jumping or training of some sort i wouldn't really you know go out or do any things like that so socially i think it was pretty important for me to be with a group of people and be yeah. able to experience you know that that kind of life in itself but also i think the the structure of it and you know i think discipline would probably be a pretty good word especially having a structured schedule mm-hmm was pretty important and being able to, you know, you're waking up at a cer- certain time every day, you have your classes, you have the training at a certain time and kind of the, the importance of getting in a, a rhythm of things was was really nice. And I think that today, especially because when I'm in, you know, time periods like I am now where I, I can have a pretty loose schedule if I, if I want to, I don't really have to wake up at a particular time or I can kind of do things as I want, especially on a day, that, day like today or most of uh, the weekdays where I can, Basically, all I have to do is train. Yeah, and uh, basically just take care of my body and um, th- just the yeah, I would say like the 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 importance of having having a structured day and having a schedule to where I think as far as motivationally wise, it's it was very important because you know rather than just kind of doing whatever the day gives you, rather than more like having a plan. Yeah, on what's to come. I think that was that was pretty important also and uh, living on your own. Yeah. Living on your own, I think that was super huge for me, especially since, you know, before before then, I don't think I've ever spent more than a few days on my own in my life. So being able to just live on your own, experience normal days and day-to-day life on your own, you know, cleaning your own clothes, making your own food and doing stuff like that, I think that's super important as developing, developing as a as a person, maturing. I think that was that was super huge in itself also. Yeah, the leap, I got to imagine the leap from high school to professional track and field is huge. 
and probably the leap from LSU to professional track and field isn't quite as large. There is a nice little progression there yeah. that you can sort of use LSU as a platform to go on. We won't reminisce on LSU the whole time, I promise. I want to talk about other stuff. We can. But, it was a good time. <laughs> but I, I was, uh, and I don't write anymore, and it drives me crazy, but as we were prepping for this, I went back and read the story that I wrote about you and Antoine, and it like brought back all these memories that I'd kind of forgotten about too. And like going to the baseball game and you're watching Antoine with your brother, like he hits a home run. It was like this fairy tale like story. Yeah. Then you'll have like the, the weekend, I think where he had a game winning home run. You was it SEC? Yeah. You S- yeah, S- were both in Fayetteville. Yeah. I mean, just like fairy tale stuff. Right. Yeah, basically. And we're also staying in the same hotel as the baseball team also. <laughs> so like the <laughs> night before and stuff like that, we were jacking around together and like the <laughs> night after jacking around together. So it was like, yeah, it was, those, the, me and Twani being at school at the same time also was yeah that was that made it. Just I, even I more think special. that's the coolest thing about it. Like you, you probably have more appreciation of it now than you did then for sure. Uh, Dre had a lot of appreciation in the moment for it. He was like, "This is special. This is only going to happen once." Definitely. I think even me and like fans. I remember so much has happened since then, but I think we all realized it was special at the time. But now looking back at it, like that's a once in a lifetime story. Like that's like never going to happen again. Do you? Do you mm-hmm. ever? I know you're very in the moment. You're very forward-looking. Do you ever reflect on that and just appreciate what you had in that year to be able to share it with your, your entire family, really? It's it's hard. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it was it was super special, and it's it's almost hard to explain, especially since when I'm when I'm in Europe and I'm in Sweden so much, and I try to explain to everybody there the importance and the impact that college sports has yeah. on a, on a community and a and a you know, in a city, especially like here in Baton Rouge, when there's a school like LSU that, you know, just runs everything basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the the dynamic of me and Twani when we were in college, it was, it was such a cool thing because we were like just this duo and we're doing so different things, so different sports, mm-hmm. but it's like in this way we're this team together because we're all in the same team of, of LSU and it's this such awesome sense of community because everybody's on the same team here. They're on the, the team of LSU when we're here at school and whether you're just a, you know, just a student or you're an athlete, no matter, no matter what it is. And, um, no, it was, it was, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's hard to explain really, but I, yeah. I know that in the moment we knew that nothing like nothing will ever be quite like this. Yeah. And it was, and it was such a cool thing. And we really, we enjoyed that year to the fullest. For the, sure. uh, the, the end of that story, I was talking with Harrison, who's producing about this. The end of that story, I was like, it almost, it's almost like I made up the story. Like I know I didn't make up the story because I wrote it, but the last line is like, he had just hit a home run and you like turn to the crowd. You're like, that's my brother. That's my brother. And I was like, that's such a fairy tale story. Like that doesn't yeah. happen, but it's yeah. so cool that, that y'all got that. I'll, I'll yeah. pivot from, from the LSU stuff a little bit. Um, if you'd have told me when we were writing those stories or when you were going through everything, like, Hey, in four years, he's going to come back. Y'all are going to do a podcast. He's going to have broken the world record like six times. And I've been like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like that's the, the projection you were on. I'm curious what it's been like to live it. And specifically from a few different elements, I, I do want to talk about like the competitive side and the craft, but I want to start first with the fame element of it. Because I think for us here, where track and field isn't like this big national sport, um, it's different. But Andrew was sending me like, you're on like subways there and like there's like posters of you everywhere and like you see mm-hmm. your, you know, you're, you're, you have a level of fame there that I think is rare for us to get to talk to somebody about. So mm. what, what has that been like to experience? Sort of like co- going from being the high school kid uh, in Lafayette to now you're kind of like a global icon, mm. Red Bull, like all these deals that you mm. have, commercials. 
How has that been? Has it been gradual? Is it still a pinch me moment? Are you used to it? How do you sort of handle that on a daily basis? Yeah, I, I think I've kind of been able to get used to it, I would say. But it's, but it's a little bit strange because I feel like I almost live two lives. Because when I'm in Sweden, my life is so much different than it is here. And um, it, it's not like necessarily like nobody recognizes me here when I'm back in Louisiana, but it's it's not even close to the extent that it is in Sweden. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of, co- of course, since I represent Sweden in international competitions, I guess that naturally will, will be a little bit like that. But they, I think it's a little bit of a similar approach, like the, the athletes at LSU to where there's this sense of, the whole city and the whole state has a feels like there's a connection to them and you're supporting them in that way and i think yeah. it's it's similar to that in sweden to where they they really love to see a swede on top and they really love to see hmm. a swede you know doing doing great things and doing the things that i've been doing so um they support me really hard they support me really hard and like the level of popularity that i've been able to achieve there is pretty weird pretty weird honestly and then when i'm able to just come back here in the uh in the meantime in the off period and the uh, you know, downtime when I'm just training, it's 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 so much more chill in the way of I, I just I go about kind of like my normal schedule. Yeah. Like I like I do, and no matter I go over there to Europe and I I can just go crazy. I can break the world record a few times. I win the Olympics or whatever it may be, and then I come back and then you know it's not it's just kind of the same old thing for me. Yeah. I just go and I I come back here to LSU. I do my normal training. I hang out with my my family, my childhood friends. I hang out with the people I went to high school with. We yeah. play golf. We do. We do the same thing. So I get to have this, it, it allows me to have this super cool balance in my life. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. It's gotta be good for you, right? Definitely. Because so many yeah. so many elite athletes, they start accomplishing and there's a lot that comes with success mm. and accomplishment. There's a burden, there's expectations, there's pressure, there's fame, there's all the yeah. trappings of that, right? Mm. I gotta imagine for you, being able to almost have those two worlds is good for you because you can be in one you could be in Sweden and kind of look back and be like, look, look, I'm not, I'm not yeah. the the you know lose yourself in your ego because you know who you are. And then you can come yeah. back here and sort of long for that. You can kind of have that balance. I got to imagine that's that's really good for you. It's super nice. It's super nice. I I, I wouldn't have it any other way, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, because um, because it's and it, and it's just different in general. You know, it's I'm way out there in the in the Nordics. It's it's very different than Louisiana. Just everything culturally, it's 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 super different for me. It's it also feels like home because I, I have family there and you know that's that's where my mother grew up and everything like that and I of course I, I live with my girl out there also but um, you know it's it, it's such a it's such a different world out there so I really do feel like I, I almost live like two different lives yeah. in, in a in a really good way because I think that the balance for me is is very much needed because I think it would be if I if I only stayed out there in Sweden and I and I just was consumed in, in the life that I have there, I think it would it would maybe consume me maybe a little bit too much. Yeah. So I think it is it is nice to just come back and just be able to relax and just do do my normal things. Do what I I, I gotta imagine your perspective on this has changed over time, but you know, you've you've gotten to a point now where Olympic gold, the world records, all that stuff, you've kind of maybe not ticked every box, but you've ticked most of the boxes at this point. Um, how is your your sort of motivational North Star change. Like I gotta imagine when you were 17, I think it was, was 17, you went to London, you you were ninth, yeah. at, right? So like that's mm. your first time, and you're, so you're probably like, oh, I'm really hungry, I gotta, yeah. I gotta get better, I gotta do this, right? And then looking back at it the other way, now that you've kind of ticked all those sort of dreams and goals, I know you have more. Yeah. Like how, what motivates you? Is it a 
intrinsic? Is it like I, I just wanted to get that next number? I want to get from six two two to six two four, whatever. Is it that? Is it just natural to who you are? Like what when you wake up in the morning, what's driving you to keep getting better? Well, I think naturally within pole vaulting in the sport, you you always want to be getting higher and higher. And especially for me, in my case, I, I know that I'm capable of more. So I think that that is that's why it's a little bit easy for me to just keep going and stay motivated in that way. But, um, but it is different. It is different for sure. It's not this, it's not the same mentality that I had when I, in, in 2017, 2018, because I've, I've literally, I, I've literally done everything that a track athlete can do. Yeah. Like in, I've, I've won everything that you can win. I've broke pretty much every record that you can break. And, um, you know, I, I would like to do it more times and I would like to do more of it. And I want to sure. have a, a, a long career where, you know, I can, I can hold this kind of form for, for a long period of time, but it is, it is a, it is a different type of thing. And in a nice way, really, because I feel like the past year and a half or so I've been jumping very freely Hmm. and I've been performing in a, in a very free state of mind because I feel like I go out there and it's, people think it would be more pressure, but for me, it's almost exactly the opposite because for me, I'm in a situation right now where I feel like I don't really have to prove anything to anybody because I feel like I've already proved enough to everybody and I've already I've already showed what I am and what I can do yeah because I've basically done everything that a, that a pole vulture can do so I feel like it's like as far as everybody else concerned in the way that they perceive me as a, as an athlete I don't really have to worry about that anymore which is a pretty cool feeling it's pretty cool feeling burden off your shoulders yeah, yeah I think so I think so and it wasn't really necessarily a burden in the first place it was just more like you you just you, in my case, I feel like it was, I wanted to do the things so badly, especially because I knew that I was capable of it. And mm-hmm. that was a lot of pressure in itself because you see a lot of people when they're younger and they have so much potential and they have so much promise that things just don't work out. And for, for numerous reasons, it can be, it can be anything. It can be, you know, on the field or off the field. It can be all kind of things that can just, can just happen. You can get pretty unlucky too in sports because sports are just sports. They're unpredictable. That's why people like him so much yeah and things have fallen into place for me very well the past few years and i think for me i'm just i'm very i'm very grateful for it i'm very grateful for it and and of course i want to keep going i want to keep pushing forward and i want to keep keep doing more but i think that now i'm in a spot where i i should kind of try to take a step back in the sense of like reflect and be grateful for the position that i'm in yeah I think it's interesting because it was either the fifth or sixth record you broke. I was watching the video, both of them really. Yeah. Like there's still a, an emotion and a passion to it that it still means as much as it ever meant to you. There's mm. no question about that. Mm. But you, it's interesting. It's almost like I think of LeBron James. You're probably the only person we've had so far that I could accurately compare to LeBron James uh, in, in the podcast <laughs> studio. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Andrea's rolling her eyes. Um, but like when he – I think it was when they played in Dallas in the finals, like 2011, and they put JJ Barea on him, and he tried to post him up, and like he couldn't, he just kind of choked, like it didn't, it didn't happen for him because he hadn't done it yet, and he, it was the same thing, like it was the last hurdle for him, it was the last thing he had to get over, he couldn't get over it, and then the next year they win, and, and then he just completely changes, right? And so that getting over that initial hurdle changes the mentality to where mm-hmm. it was no longer about sure he's chasing the ghost of Michael Jordan, he wants to win six titles or whatever, you've got all these things you want to do, but it almost became like I know how good I am. I also know how much better I can get, and that's the motivation. Yeah. It's it's very much like who I am today versus who I know I can be, and you seem to be 
I think you always been, have been this way, but it's very clear now that you're very motivated by chasing like, this is what I can be. Is yeah. that accurate? Is that fair? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say so. And, and I think that it, exactly like the situation you're talking about with LeBron is, is completely right. It's like whenever you're able to get that first, whatever it may be, title record, or you know that, that thing that's perceived from yourself or the, or the outside as the really important thing within your sport, I think you're, you're just able to, to go about it in such a more f- free way where you're just kind of like, to unleash unleash the the beast at that point and that's definitely how it's been been for me but um yeah i just i think that for me personally i just think that there is there's just more there's just more to do there's more to do and i and i know that i there is there's so many ways for me to get better and there's so many ways for me to just jump a little bit higher so for me as far as the the, the motivation i think that you know for those reasons then definitely i'm i'll always be Always be good in that way. Another parallel that I think of, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Alex Honnold. Yeah. There's a documentary about him, awesome. um, Free free Climber. Crazy, crazy stuff. And to me, <laughs> you're a little bit in that direction too because you're now Gosh. doing you're doing things where no one's done them before, right? So like, yeah. if let's go back to the LeBron analogy. Like, people have scored 30 points a game. They've won NBA titles. Mm. With sports like pole vaulting or rock climbing, like there are thresholds that people just haven't done before. Do you ever go down that path in your head? Like, yeah, I'd like to actually see not only what I'm capable of, but what like anyone's capable of, or is it very, is it still very much like, no, I'm just looking at it inch by inch, centimeter by centimeter. Yeah, I, I'm not as crazy as I, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> by the way, off, if you don't know, he's a free, free climber. Free, yeah. free solo is the documentary. Yeah, free solo the and he free cl- climbs massive mountains without ropes. Without like, a rope, yeah. yeah. So if he falls, it's just, it's over. Yeah. So it's super, yeah. And, and, not, and spoiler stuff. alert, but he doesn't fall. Like he, that's the point <laughs> of the documentary is that he's still yeah. around. So. True. And he, what, is he, what does he climb? El, El Cap? El, El Cap, yeah, in Yosemite. Yeah. It's yeah, like 2,000 vertical feet and... And he just gets up and does it. Well, not super really. There's a lot of super prep nuts. that goes into it. Too. But I, I, I don't. Re- I, I watched the doc, but it was a few years back. It was that part of the doc where it was like he's not only doing it for himself, but he's doing it to see what humans are capable of. And there's, push, there's push a, the boundaries. Of, there's a bit. Of, it's more of a self obsession yeah. for him. He's very yeah. meticulous, but it's definitely framed in a way like he knows. He's aware mm. of the fact that no one's done this before, and he is very interested by that. Mm angle i don't know that it's his sole motivator yeah but he thinks about it and i'm just wondering yeah. if you think about it or not 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 really honestly okay. sorry I, for, I, I, sorry I, for planting it in your head no no, no. <laughs> it's true no but no no I, I don't i don't really think about it like that yeah. and i um i think it 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 naturally aff- affects you know the outside especially especially pole vaulters or whatever sport you may be in if you if there's somebody that's starting to to push the barriers on what people think is possible i think that's it's always really good for whatever sport it may be. And especially in my situation where I think that pole vaulting, there's, it's at a higher level right now than it was a few years back, mm-hmm. 100%. And I, and I think that is, it probably does have, you know, a part to do with with me jumping really well and, and, and pushing the barriers and jumping higher than people maybe even thought was possible a few years ago. Because then, you know, you're able to open up your mind a little bit and maybe to able to attack it from from a standpoint of more like this, this is possible yeah, and open people's minds up a little bit. So, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think about it like that really. I don't think about it. Like we'll see what humans can achieve in, in pole vaulting or what it may be for me. It's more just like, I don't know. I'm just trying to jump high, yeah, <laughs> trying to jump I, as high as I possibly can. I don't really. Yeah. That's, that's the response I expected. And it's, you know, you get high performers and like, that's the whole goal of this podcast. Tigers win is like, let's decode how, these people are successful and like what are things that we can use to be successful too. Mm. And I think what's true about a lot of successful people is that they don't 
think about things like everyone else does. There is a much more, while there is some depth of thought, certainly everything is very next accomplishment, next goal. There's not a whole lot of reflecting until maybe after the fact. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't mean to steer you down any of those paths, but <laughs> I just, I think it's interesting um, when we look at, at what you've accomplished and uh, where you've gotten in your career that um, you are in that conversation. I, I know you don't think of it in those terms, um, but yeah. the terms that you do think in, like, are you, so right now sitting where we are today, looking forward, um, what's like the next mini goal for you? Is it just this, the summer season of world championships coming up that you're ramping up to? Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, this year's a, a world championship year. Not every, not every year is. It's every other year, and then the Olympics is every four years. But uh, the way that the, the schedule works right now, especially after COVID, it's world championships this year, Olympics next year, world championships the next year. So the next three summers are going to be pretty important Big. for me. And uh, – which is good, and it's 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 very busy, which I, I like because I feel like this is a, a good time for me to have those kind of big competitions because I'm pretty young and I'm in good shape and I'm jumping really well. So uh, I, I like that. But, um, yeah, for me, I mean, the championship meets are the most important. It's those big meets like the World Championships and the Olympics, and that's the ones that I want to win. That's the ones that I want to be in my best shape for because, um, yeah, that's 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 the meets. That's, yeah. that's the ones that you want to be at your – at your peak for and so right now yeah the world championships this at the the end of august or whatever it may be that's that's what i'm looking for right now in budapest and then uh, yeah try to keep working my way up also throughout the summer that would be nice i'll get back to uh building up your ego in a second but i do yes. want to talk about <laughs> failure yep. and it's not something you've done a whole lot of recently but i think i always love to hear how high achievers view failure frame it respond to it Mm. so what are the moments that you look back on in your athletic career as moments of failure and then what do you think it was about you that you were able to respond to that in a positive way like what got you through them so what are the what are those moments and then what got you through them well I think 2019 was probably one of the tougher years for me as far as performance wise uh when I was in college because I kind of had a, a list of goals that I wanted to accomplish that year, and I, wa- I wanted to win the NCAA Outdoor Championships. I wanted to win the Diamond League Final, and I wanted to win the World Championships. That would have, you know, complete the whole the whole trio of mm-hmm. of championships. And uh, yeah, my my last competition, and I I kind of knew it was going to be my last competition wearing the LSU uniform. I came up a little bit short, and I got second in Austin. And so that that was that was pretty tough, pretty tough pill for me to swallow too, because I I will. In my head, I had dreamed the whole time, and I just felt like there was no other way that it could end to where I would just have this perfect season where I break the NCAA record indoors, outdoors. I go undefeated. I win the title to end it, and I was just going to ride off in the sunset, and that was my LSU career. Yeah. And I thought that would just be in, – in my head, that was the only way that it could happen almost. And for me to – yeah, for me to just come up a little bit short of that in the last competition, it was, it was pretty tough pretty tough honestly and then diamond league final i got second on the on the last attempt and then um uh, then the world championships at the end of the summer also got second so i pretty much came up short of everything that i Mm. wanted to accomplish that year as far as the the championship meets and the the gold medals that i wanted to get so that was i guess at at the time it was pretty shitty yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was it was not nice at all but um I'd never been more hungry and had more fire in my life than the 2019 fall going into the 2020 season because I, I just, I, 
the feeling was just was just terrible of just yeah. of just coming up short in in that fashion and that way that it happened too because I was so close to what I wanted to achieve but I just didn't quite make it and so I just wanted to make sure that the next time that these kind of things come up and you know obviously in my situation it was never going to come up again for the NCAA championships which is a bit of a bummer you could have come back for your sophomore year what are you yeah. talking about <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe nil stuff i don't even know how exactly how it works but maybe i even maybe i have eligibility left. retroactive nil we'll, yeah. we'll talk to taylor about that see what yep. we can do yeah yeah we should check that out but um so that that is always gonna i guess leave a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth because i'm not gonna be able to go back and and do anything about that but i know that you know, it's not, it's out of my control. Yeah. You know, the, the, the losses and everything that's happened, it's in the past and the past of the past. I can't, I can't control that. The only thing that I can control is, is the future and what's going to happen. And so going into the 2020 season, I, I, I really, really, really was motivated. And, I, and that fall, I, I never locked in as hard as I did for that entire fall block of training going into the 2020 season. And then, yeah. And in, in the fall of that 2020, I broke the world record twice. I improved my personal best 12 centimeters which is a lot and yeah in in the sport that i do it's a lot a lot yeah. i went from you know this to then to the world record order which is the pinnacle of our sport too and then basically that whole year i just i i, I jump really well so uh it's tough and it, it's tough to lose and losing sucks especially when you're really close to winning but it's you don't realize how important it is until it already happens and then you realize that you know it probably it probably was pretty important to lose because it really it can wake you up at times and make you really make you really hungry besides making you hungry and motivated what did you learn from those was it i got to train harder physically i've got to have a different mental approach what was sort of your diagnosis after those three setbacks that you sort of changed tweaked and then propelled you to the success you've had i think it was everything really i think it's it's especially when i was i was already competing at a very high level so it's not necessarily that I'm just doing one thing very, very wrong. For the most part, I was doing a lot of things right, and yeah. probably probably most of the things pretty right. I think it's just just knowing that I can get just a little bit better at pretty much every every aspect of my life and and training at the time. And uh, you know, I was I was in college at the time too, so I had a lot of other things going on and a lot of other things to worry about as well. So I think that also played a, a nice part into going into the next year where I, I was a little bit more free as far as my, mm -hmm. my schedule and I can focus more on, on my, um, yeah, myself as far as an athlete. But, um, yeah, I think just, just trying to get better in, in every single little aspect I, I could as an athlete as far as whether it was, you know, getting better rest and recovery or eating a little bit better, training a little bit harder and, uh, you know, not doing anything so crazy because I was already doing something right for sure. I just had to just get a little bit little bit better and just kind of all the all the areas of what was making me good in the first place and then it just yeah kind of blew up in that way T timely reference here but i remember when kim mulkey first got here i think it was two years ago yesterday two years ago yesterday she got here i remember the day she got here i asked her i said what's what's harder like the first you want one yeah grab your water. Water. um the first step of a championship climb or the last step is it like building the first one do we have an extra one I saw one. We just, I don't know. Oh, you took oh, it. Oh, you're good. Uh, it's you chill. Harrison, you selfish. We got it. <laughs> it's chill. all good. Um, we get you one after. Yeah. Um, but I remember talking to, to Coach Mulkey and asked her, what's harder, the first step of that championship climb or the last? And she said, definitely the last. The, the hardest part is like getting from being 
great to be in a champion. Yeah. Um, I think she sort of undermined herself by doing it in two years now, but that's what she said at the time. So for you, like now that you have reached the peak and you want to get better, where are the areas and how hard is it to get that incremental growth? Is it like that whole package? So you're like, I got to even rest even better. I got to eat, eat even better. I have to train even harder. I've got to psychologically be stronger. Is it all those little areas? Are you highly, highly focused on like one or two things and I'm going to make those things a lot better? So the technical approach, the yeah. diet, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that it is always going to be a, a combination of, of things. And I think that as far as you, as the years goes on, you, you learn more about yourself and you learn about what what makes you good, what makes you good. And so you make sure to keep, keep that good and keep yep. the things that you're doing well to keep them great. And then also the things that, you know that just come a little bit less natural to you. You just got to find a way to to make them work for yourself, and find a way to to make these makes these things better better than better than they are. Mm. And because uh, you know, for for me, I would say that I, not every aspect of pole vaulting and, and training and normal day in the life of of being an athlete just comes super super natural to me. Mm. I would say like that. I don't really like lifting weights that much, and I don't like everything that's on the workout every single day. It's not like I'm just in love with everything that I do, and I'm just <laughs> obsessed with going out there and training yeah. every day. Sometimes it's it's not that fun. You know, sometimes yeah. you don't want to. You know, I, I like running and everything like that, but sometimes when the lactic's really hitting hard and you can't breathe, it's it's kind of <laughs> it's not that it's kind of not that fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, just knowing that the what what the end result can be when whenever you put in the work and and you do the right things and I think that that's what makes it all worth it and uh just being really consistent really consistent and I think that's kind of a cliche but I think it's it's so important that people don't really realize and you know sometimes it's not really that these there's these athletes or coaches or people that are successful in whatever they may be successful in that they're they're doing something so crazy every day it's that they do it every day yep and that they're it's that they always show up and they always do what they need to do and so that I think that's the most important thing is that I have I have been being very consistent in, in what I'm doing now for a very long time. And I think that's why I'm really good at what I do. And I think that pretty much anybody that's good at whatever they do, it's because they've been consistently doing what they do for a long time. And they've been showing up every day. And that's that's how you get good at something. Wes Johnson, our pitching coach, we just did a baseball documentary episode on uh, Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens. And when we interviewed him for that, he said, greatness is boring. And like, that's, that's the truth is that greatness is pretty boring. It's, you see the highs, you see the championships and the celebrations and the world records and all that stuff, but everything in between is pretty boring and pretty uninteresting. And that's why people are great. It's not because they, you know, obviously they handle high pressure moments well, but it's because all the boring things they do in between. And that's exactly what you just said there. So, um, tell me. I want to talk a little bit about your routine. We'll end on that. But you were just talking about the things that you're naturally good at and the things that you aren't maybe naturally good at. What are those things? And like, how do you, So like, what are the things you're good at that just come to you naturally? And then what are the things that you are always like, all right, I got to get a little bit better at this, a little bit better at that. I would say that I naturally, I, I am a hard worker and I like in, intensity as far as my workout or my, my schedule or whatever it may be. But I, I like to, to do the things I like to like if whatever if I'm running or if I'm if I'm doing something explosive or if I'm jump, jumping I want to jump really high I want to run really hard and I want to I want to do things hard and I want to go 100% at stuff but 
there's, especially in what I do, there's so many other things that have to come before and after that as far as, you know, whether it may be the warm-up or just this huge combination of drills that you have to do to activate all the muscles that yeah. you're about to use. And then after, if you've had a, a super big workout, the, the cool down and the stretching that you have to do afterwards to make sure that you can recover properly to go hard at it the next day. And it's those kind of things too, because, you know, I'll go out there and I'll go, with, I'll go to the track and I'll be out there for three and a half hours and I probably did 45 minutes of a workout. Hmm. And the whole, you know, the first hour was just me warming up and the last 30 minutes was just me cooling down. The boring stuff. Yeah, so there's <laughs> like those kind of things and those yeah. don't really come natural to me because it's just not that fun. They're yeah. just pretty boring. You're just kind of stretching, you're on the foam roller, you're, you're working everything out, you're trying to make sure that you're getting your body prepared to do something really intense. And then the... You know, the fun part for me is the intense stuff, is getting after it. I, mm. I do like that. And I like that thrill of in pushing the adrenaline and, and that kind of way. But it's it's learning how important that is, all the other stuff, to, to be able to do that regularly and be able to do it consistently without having any setbacks. Because when you're when you're younger and stuff, you can you can get away with it. I could just, you know, I remember days not all that long ago, at least, where I could just go out there and I could just start taking real jumps and just start ripping out ripping out some high bars but now it's it's it becomes so much of a longer and longer process everything before yeah. and after and uh it's just it's it's hard to realize how important it is because it's like this one exercise is not that important or this one is not that important but the combination of them all together and yeah. doing it consistently every day all day then it then that's when the the results come it's not necessarily and it's it's hard sometimes to convince yourself of that because you're just kind of doing this little exercise that you don't maybe want to be doing because it's just like oh what's so important about this but it's not necessarily just that it's everything else around it and doing it all the time so did you have that in college or did that develop later later kind of okay. yeah i would Andrew, say like is that accurate <laughs> i would say like uh yeah but but i think that I think a, a lot of the people when i was in college didn't didn't like that stuff not but many 18 year olds are built that way but definitely Coach Todd and Coach Shaver and all the coaches at LSU are, are very do a very good job of trying to instill that into the athletes. Yep. And I think it's very new for, for a lot of us because when we're coming from high school, it is very much like we just go out there and we just do our sprint session. Yep. And that's it. And there's not so many different parts and elements to a workout like there is here when you come to LSU. And so I think that at LSU, when I when I first got here, yeah, I was, I was unprepared in that way. But then I think – but it was uh, – I learned it in that year yeah. at LSU also that just all the different aspects and everything that you need to do every single day to be, be able to be good at this. We've been talking and we'll, we'll end kind of going this direction. We talked a lot about like big picture stuff, right? Give me like the, the day, like what's your daily routine like right now? Like this time of year, like what are you doing? Is it seven days a week? Is it six days a week? Like, and what are you doing in those days to get ready for the season ahead? It's six days away. Oh, uh, six days a week right now for me. Yeah, I um, chill on Sundays. Usually, usually, for the most part, sometimes travel or anything can mess it up. But it's it's one day off, and um, yeah, usually, I think I only jump once a week now. Okay. Yeah, pe- people think that I jump every day, which I which I don't. I I used to jump a lot more than I do now, but uh, now I have such a I have such a good base of my technique that I, I don't really need to, and it's also very physically taxing mm-hmm. the whole 
the whole jumping thing on, yeah, on my body so in the air and falling yeah yeah but yeah it's not even the it's more like the impact of the takeoff sure on your back and shoulders and sure. like that that's it's pretty brutal in that way so uh so i don't jump as much anymore so it's more just physical training i i run four times a week sprint sessions so i i, I sprint quite a bit i i train almost like a sprinter hmm. train like a sprinter that also does a little bit gymnastics and pole vaults <laughs> on one day <laughs> so it's quite a combo yeah so it, it it is a little bit of a strange combo but that's that's what i do basically i'm just like a a gymnast that know needs to know how to sprint too yeah. because the speed and the approach and and creating speed on the on the runway is the most important thing of the jump in the first place so so that's why i right now in in this part of part of the year my my main focus is is sprinting and getting faster yep okay so we we'll, we'll end where we started you kind of gave the outlook for the next couple of years, but like what the immediate future, like how long are you here for when you heading back and what is sort of the ramp up to that look like for you? Um, I go to California in a couple of weeks and then I'll start my season and I have my first competition in LA on the 27th of May. And then basically straight from there, I'll go, go back to Sweden and then I'll have a entire schedule of summer competitions around Europe. And then I'll end my competition back actually in the United States and, second week or so of September. So basically in a few weeks now from then till middle of September, I'll be kind of full, full at it. Yeah. As far fully as the competitions. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. Excited Appreciate to it. see where it goes uh, from here for you. How many more world records you can break your own record, how many times you can break it. But uh, I mean, it's just cool from my perspective. And I think from the people listening, like there was this, we were talking about this before, but there's this social media meme going around recently of like the greatest LSU athletes ever. And like people would look at it and be like, if Mondo's not super high on that list, <laughs> the list is wrong, right? And it's just um, what you mean as you represent LSU on the world stage, I don't think we can quantify. So thank you for that. And then obviously thank you for your time today. Very much appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right, that's Mondo Duplantis. Thank you for listening to this edition of Tigers Win.